Welcome to another episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead, brought to you by Whitehead Legal, the, the most exclusive firm in Australia for health practitioners. And today we are going to look, quick look at red flags when buying a practice. So let's go. <laughs> Again, audio issue issues last week. The bane of my existence for of this podcast's existence. I think the sound uh, for the actual commentary is pretty good, but the um, the clips and the audios. I'm not a an audio audio technician, <laughs> but look. We, we, we can do only what we can do. I'm trying, trying my best with these intros. Uh, that was from GoldenEye, um, from Nintendo 64 GoldenEye. Again, Nintendo 64 aficionados uh, will mark out to that. <laughs> these are 30-year-old uh, uh, games that, look, we, we pull, pulled, pulled it out, um, pulled the actual 64 out from uh, our garage during the uh, two weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to um, going through some of the old old, old games there. They're, this pure nostalgia. <laughs> I'm sure some of the purchaser clients who are um, of who grew up in the '90s um, and and '80s, of course, whoever likes Nintendo's, you can be growing up now and look at, and, and liking and liking '64. It's, it's a good. <laughs> It's a good system. Um, I am I am on an absolute tangent here, and we want to talk about red flags when buying a practice. So, a client called me during during the week, um, asking whether there were any red flags on the practice he was actually purchasing. Um, and I, look, it inspired me to think: Well, what are some red flags? Um, that I usually, uh, I, that if if they occur, what do I do? Um, so I'd like, yeah, I'd like to share. Um, and I was inspired by that conversation, so thank you. I mentioned who it was, but I was inspired um, to talk about some red flags when I'm looking at legal due diligence on buying a practice. So this is weighted for purchaser clients, I mean vendors uh, of of practices. If you're selling, sure, look, uh, this is also relevant. Um, any like due diligence is so fundamental for um, for uh, practice purchases and sales that it will will also be good for vendors listening. So, look, let's start with with the first one, and it's probably the one that is the ass. It's such a red flag when de- when due diligence just isn't forthcoming. Um, not only um, is the contract that it's 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 very unlikely to be uh, subject to due diligence, um, particularly legal due diligence. So when it's not conditional on that DD forthcoming, info is either drip fed or or, or not forthcoming at all. Well, look, that's just a complete lack of transparency there. Transparency is key. A lack of transparency when it comes to acquiring information, especially um, uh, when 
not even not even financial information, like financial details are, are profit. It's a huge red flag. Um, what's being hidden? Now that's the first like the red flag antenna raises what's being hidden. Um, a subedit of that red flag is if the ven if a vendor becomes uh, grisly about the due diligence questions or the line of questioning. I look, I try and say to, uh, when it, when I'm looking after vendors, um, don't take this personally. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing DD on a practice purchase. And particularly if you get if the um, if the practice uh, sale price is of significant value, it can't just be cut and dry handshake deal anymore. So um, yeah, if, if there's a, a grisly response about the due diligence questions or questioning the need for more information, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it can be worked around though. Um, a due diligence request list is always good to be um, put forward at the commencement of every matter. We do it. We do it with our uh, with our introduction letters to both our client, and when we are engaged, we we put it straight out there to the vendor's lawyer, or if the vendor's self-representing, which is not very often, or to the to the uh, practice broker if the if the the matter is um is being broken. So the list asks the this, the vendor, the vendor's lawyer, um, for all of the things that uh, we as purchasing lawyers. Uh, want to see before uh, signing the contract, um, of like uh, service agreements, employment agreements, like uh, supplying contracts, financial statements, bank bank statements, tax returns could go for, all go for the financial records. There's there's a whole there's a gamut of um, of information that we're, that's asked, um, and it's surprising how. Um, unorganized <laughs> some people are uh, just to actually give that information over um it's not again it's not personal um but it it's it, yeah you must separate personal from business this is a business transaction these are business transactions and they and they need to be looked at with a business purview and dd is is just one of them is a multifaceted thing but it's something that needs to be done full stop um persistence I am persistent. <laughs> Persistence is key to getting what you need. Um, no stone is left unturned. If the um, the vendors really want to sell their practice, uh, they should be doing their best to be proactive um, to show the purchaser that they don't have anything to hide. Um, proactivity and transparency is always good. Proactivity um, for vendors um, and for purchases. If you really want to know what we've got, well, for vendor vendors, uh, we've got our our um, practice ready kit. So you can get yourself ready to sell months in advance to make contact. We'll get we'll prepare that for you, and um, and it's uh, essentially a big uh, package ready-made for the purchaser and the purchaser's lawyer to go through and go, oh, look at this, this is fantastic. We've got all the information here. We don't necessarily have to ask many more due diligence questions. What does that do? It actually speeds up time to get from signing a heads of agreement or whatever or, or, or a, an informal handshake deal to get the start the ball rolling towards actual contract preparation. It just, it just takes time out of it. So get yourself ready, proactively get yourself ready. And on purchases, look, Ask questions, persistently ask questions. Do not accept um, vagaries. Next point, red flag, 
point is <laughs> lease tenure. Woof. When uh, a couple of things, when the landlord isn't playing ball, uh, what's the problem? <laughs> what's the agenda? Um, if there's a if there's a a lease that maybe only has five, like uh, one more term of five years, and that's borderline acceptable for an incoming purchaser slash their financier, um, and there's no uh, ability. Uh, well, not ability, but the, the landlord will not accept variations to the lease. What's the agenda? Is that um, is it is the building going to be demolished? Doesn't the the lease the lease itself it, uh, does not need to necessarily contain demolition clauses if the lease ends and there's no extension, there's no renewals, there's no variations. That's it. Yeah, look, demolition could occur. Uh, in saying that, there, uh, there are in certain states, there are uh, disclosure obligations for uh, for when you when the the lease is uh, well, if there's a fresh lease or if there's an assignment of the lease or renewal of lease, there are disclosure obligations, um, and that in certain states that will give a, give incoming purchases maybe a bit more comfort as to demolition status. But nevertheless, look, that's just one element of one lease issue that is a red flag um, if there's a bit of a roadblock with, with getting information from the landlord. Another one is is the another red flag um, is the vendor uh, refusing to sign or, or overcomplicating practice restraints and non-solicitation. Um, or once the practice restraints have been um, agreed uh, or the principal practice restraints have been agreed, um, the, uh, the vendor's lawyer, the vendor uh, unilaterally changing those restraints, changing the goalposts per se. For, um, what's, again, agenda, what's the agenda? Like, it, again, it could be, it could be a... Uh, a it could be a reason behind it. it. Could be innocent, but when you are halfway through a matter, or you've had, you've got two revisions of a contract that you're almost ready to, to get signed, and then uh, there's a there's all a late amendment to the practice restraints. Why wasn't this profit in the, in the beginning? Why wasn't it broached with everyone in the beginning? Why was it? Why is it now happening? Um, so look, it, it, that can be smoothed over if there's again transparency. Uh, that's a key word with everything here: transparency. Um, but when there's, when we, when you ask the question as to why it's changed, and there's reticence to be uh, for, for an answer to be given, again, that's a red flag. So practice restraints and messing around with them. Mm. Um, another one is the un, is unwillingness of vendors um, to to warrant uh, personally is if the vendor entity is a company or a trust or whatever. Um, the not the vendors personally warranting and standing behind their company and personally indemnifying um, the purchaser for uh, potential breaches of, of the warranties and, and claims of breaches of warranty. So I think that's pretty self-explanatory. I've done a podcast on, on breaches, on what, what are you warranting in, in um, earlier episodes. Another red flag is the unwillingness of, of vendors to release information pertaining to book and patient debts. 
unpaid treatment plans or prepaid but not worked patient plan payments, uh, patient plans and payments. These all need to be properly disclosed and adjusted so the buyer doesn't find out after settlement that there was, for example, a $20,000 prepayment for implants prior, prior to settlement. Um, the vendor received the funds, uh, scheduled the surgery for after settlement. The purchaser takes on that surgery thinking it's, it's about to be paid for the surgery only to find out the patient has already paid patient can't pay twice, and then there's got to be either a reconciliation after settlement um, or, yeah, fight to get that $20,000. So disclose transparency. What's been, if, if, there, if, if your, your practice does take on prepayments um, for, for work not done, well, that needs to be disclosed properly. So for, falling in love with a practice uh, buyer's this is really for you. Um, the, the falling in love should not excuse discovered red flags. It shouldn't mean that you should wash them out. And like there are commercial risks that buyers do take on, but when there when there's uh, issues with transparency behind those red flags it's and you and there's unanswered things there well it's tricky to um for a buyer to really uh, assess whether or not they should take that commercial risk you can take commercial risks on certain elements when you've got information uh in front of you and you can just you can take you can a purchaser can look at it at a, with a uh, uh, and analyze that commercial risk based on the information that's been given. And, and that's, yeah, that's transparent. And that happens in a lot of matters. They, there's commercial risks taken on a lot of matters, but they're not necessarily, they shouldn't necessarily be done if the information isn't disclosed. So that's just back to the transparency element. If your due diligence process has raised suspicions or you think, you know, what else don't you know? Uh, if some, if this is if this is a red flag, what else what else is there? Um, you know, listen to your your advisors and your and speak to your your accountant, your financier, your lawyer. See what they think. See if they've experienced it in the past. How they've worked it, worked around it. Uh, there's there's always uh, ways ways to to deal with uh, information like that isn't disclosed and ha and. Look, in the end, if it means that the practice is um, is not for you, well, you, that's that's again something you might have to consider. Otherwise, if if there's um, if there's ways to work around the, uh, the the disclosure issues, so be it. But red flags are there. You've got to make sure that those red flags are yeah they're, that they're worked out and that there's a transparent process from the vendor to the purchaser so that there's so that any any issues are worked out and smoothed over so don't ignore them take time to understand why they're there and make make a make a decision that is is the most beneficial for the purchaser remember all this is again legal information i'm not advice so call me Julian Whitehead. I'm a partner at Whitehead Legal. I exclusively advise health pra uh, practitioners throughout Australia. My contact details will be in the description. 
And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Health Lawyer Podcast with Julian Whitehead. Thank you.